0: Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to That's Hockey Talk, the first episode with actual real live hockey playoff games that count for something as if everything else going on in the world right now wasn't enough. The looming anxiety of a global pandemic and the very fabric of, uh, very fabric of every social construct you've ever known being torn apart at the seams. We have playoff hockey piling on, keeping you sweating out your pits, sweating like AQ in the desert, nervous as hell every night on the edge of your seat. Alan joining us from the desert, and a real treat today, we should be playing the Canadian National Anthem because our pal Gumpy is joining us from up north of the border for the show today. Gumpy, glad to
1: have you. How are we doing, boys? Good to be here. Finally talk some hockey.
0: Boys, uh, I thought so far everything has gone off pretty much without a hitch, except for uh, the lights going out in Edmonton the other night. That was wild. Gumpy, as you know, Edmonton, a, a big dump as you like to call it. Big surprise there, eh, boys. You're loving it. Everything that can go wrong does go wrong for them. The the arena floods before everyone gets there. The lights go out when everyone gets there. The AC goes out in all the hotels. Classic Edmonton. But the TV broadcasts have done pretty well, I thought. Uh, A little surprised, though, because I I was very high, and I touted this, that uh, they had only busted out 10% or 20% or whatever it was of their tricks in the bag, and they had all these bells and whistles. I haven't seen a whole lot to be honest i see a couple different camera angles and i guess like the led lights in the arena are pretty sweet and uh i was expecting a little more i'll be honest i expected some graphics on the screen they said they were going to cater to the at audience uh they have limited replays because they're basically doing a remote broadcast because it's a world feed so they don't have control of the replays i've heard more than a few times they've asked for replays and, and can't get them they just the announcers are just stuck with what they get what do you guys thought so far the presentation of the games
2: yeah, I think it's – I mean, just I think you hit it on the head. I mean, it's – we were expecting so much more after the exhibition games because they touted it like they had so much more to give, and it, it looks really no different than the exhibition games, which I'm fine with. I think it's a fine broadcast, but, but don't sit here and act like, uh, you know, 5D fucking TV's coming in and, and, and 400 different replay angles, and we get none of that, so um, – I actually just prefer, I mean, just the regular broadcast. I don't need to see the from the top right corner looking down at the aerial view. I don't really need any of that. I really don't appreciate it to be quite honest. So Whoa. I just wish they'd stick with the the regular broadcast, keep the things normal, and keep this thing rolling.
0: Don't get me wrong. I love throwing in a different camera angle or two, and, and like you, I, we talked about it. I love the amount of crowd noise. I like what they're doing so far. I just thought, you know, they they kind of really hyped it up and sold it like there was a lot more going on and. And I haven't seen it. Gumpy, you've been watching every game. You're normally a basketball guy, big baseball guy, but you've been watching all these hockey games. What do you think so far?
1: I think the highest technology we've seen so far was last night, that girl throwing the hats on for McDavid's uh, hat trick. That was incredible. What an effort from her. I mean.
0: <laughs> okay, so we got something like this. Andre Svechnikov of Carolina gets a hat trick earlier in the day. And uh, the first playoff hat trick in any in in the history of the Carolina Hurricanes. And nothing happens. No hats are thrown on the ice. No graphics. Nothing. They just, they, you know, um, they mention it. It was an awesome feat, a great performance from a young player, number two overall pick a couple of years ago. And then you get a picture on Twitter of a couple of hats in his stall back in Carolina, and that was cool and all. And so the NHL put their big massive brains together, and they thought, okay, if this happens again, we're going to do something about it. And so they hired like two people to walk down and Connor McDavid puts on a show last night scores 19 seconds into the game then scores one of the prettiest playoff goals I've ever seen blowing by Oli Mata your boy AQ and then he finally yeah. gets a third rush and uh, two two ladies just come down in a handful of hats and just start tossing them on the ice I'm like what do, this is it this is the best we could come up with I I was like why don't we put a giant net above above the arena and I want I want fans you can pay twenty dollars and for every $20 you pay, a hat gets put into that net. And and that $20 will go to, like, retired players or a pension fund or something. And and, and that net should be filled with, like, 100 hats. And then every time there's a hat trick, that thing should open up and hats should just fall like confetti all over the ice. It should be a celebration. It should be a glorious moment. Instead, we got two stooges in the stand just tossing hats over the side.
1: I think that's the amazing thing here is with these sports – they were off for so long. They had so much time to figure these things out, and now we got the tournament started. And we got a girl throwing two hats on the ice. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I mean, and they thought of all the important stuff, right? Like, there's no tests out of seven thousand possible tests. If at no positive cases, that's good news. Uh, but it seems like they just missed on a couple little things, like uh, a hat trick. Yeah, I mean, this is this is wild. You're right. I mean, we talked about this about numerous sports. It's. It's quite
2: interesting to think that sports had so much time. Like if this pandemic started in what? So January, much time. February? Yeah. So much time. I mean, there should have been all of the brilliant brains in every sport getting together, figuring out every what if scenario possible. They hammered the big stuff like we've talked about. They're hitting home on the safety and the and the tests and obviously logistics with hotels and things like that. But it's like they could have really ramped up game day atmosphere. They could have uh, ramped up marketing to a tenfold. They could have. There's, there's a million different things where they could have made so much money off this, not having fans in the crowd by just using different tools. And I feel like they've really missed the mark across all sports from that aspect.
0: Bring that damn cannon in from Columbus, stuff it with hats, and fire that, and just shoot hats all over you guys. I want hats everywhere. Could have been a glorious moment. So, I mean, it still was. Still was a good moment, but it was just, uh, it was just a funny, funny situation to just see. Uh-huh, here you go. There's a hat. Oh, here's another one. Oh, here you go.
2: She had a hell of a frisbee toss. It was a good toss. hell of a frisbee toss. It
0: was a good toss. But uh, speaking of people putting their big brains together, AQ, you and I did that last week, and we went through and gave some predictions, kind of previewed everything. And, boy, we got a lot wrong. And uh, starting with a lot of starting goalies because Shesterkin for the Rangers didn't play unable unfit to play seems like he still has a muscle tweak or something possibly from that car accident that was he was in a couple months ago when the season stopped uh Lundqvist gets a start for the Rangers and they're down 0-2 in the series and they have looked flat they have looked non competitive is carolina that damn good or are the rangers just lackluster and can't get a break with Lundqvist who i don't think has played terrible but he, it seems like he's just been overwhelmed
2: i was hot on carolina from the get go i mean i i i thought they like they made the moves at the deadline and i think I, I mean I, I even as high as i was on them in that series i think we both overlooked the offensive power they have Big time. um they look i mean they look in full com- control of that series they look like they really are really the only team that i've seen maybe i don't know maybe Edmonton looked really hot last night but like for the most part that have looked the sharpest of this playoffs there's been a lot of sloppy play i think we're gonna hit on that probably later i would imagine but I think there's been a lot of sloppy play a lot of Um, dumb penalties. I mean, most teams are taking like six, seven penalties a game and it just looks a little sloppy but, you know, I think they've looked the sharpest of any team so far in the playoffs.
0: Rangers are in trouble. Uh, teams with a two-zero lead in a, in a series, and I know these stats are old. They're from the eighties. It's from eighty to eighty-six when they used to do five-game series. But I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. Teams with a two-zero lead win ninety-eight percent of the time. They're fifty-five and one. We heard Mike Milbury say it a bunch during the Penns broadcast last night. Uh, that's a daunting hole to climb out of, especially when there's been no jump, no life, not nothing to build anything off and, or not nothing to build anything off of in the series so far. They're not even out there getting chippy or you know sending a message or anything like that. It's just it's it's a huge, huge hole to climb out of. See, feels like the Rangers just came out flat, just don't have it. It was a lot to expect them to continue on that tour pace they went into before the break. But uh, I want to know what else got what else really stood out to you and surprised you guys, because I have a few here. Uh, This no suspension for Michael Farland was shocking to me when he just basically speared a guy on the (laughs) Minnesota Wild. But yeah, Gumpy's doing the, the old pickle stab right there. Did you guys see that? Like. Just a five thousand dollars fine. Like they didn't even suspend him one game. I was shocked.
1: That was aggressive, too. It was an aggressive spear right to the gut. Yeah,
0: it was not your run of the mill. Like ah, oh, just a little love tap. That was a that was a gut and carve a little bit. But you know, it, everyone seemed fine with it too. I mean, they there was a little scrum, but like no one's been going after him or trying to get retribution or anything. I am just I am just shocked by the whole situation. All around. What else? What else really shocked me was thirty three year old Alex Stalock for the Minnesota Wild. Uh, 28 save shutout just out of nowhere. We all thought it was going to be Devin dumick Nope. Here comes Staylock uh, and just locks it up for the wild. I was high in Vancouver. They got to figure him out. And then Columbus, Corpusalo. I thought it was going to be Merzlikens. Corpusalo comes in again. 28 save shutout and just shuts down that high powered offense in Toronto, who had some chances. And Columbus just played like we talked about. They played that, that gritty, compact, tight defensive team game and just frustrated Toronto and, and were able to fill the back of the net a couple times. And Torts, man, Torts knows how to coach in these playoff series.
1: If the Blue Jackets can go up 2-0 and stymie the Leafs again, you're seeing the Leafs bandwagon being down one nothing. Uh, They've already had enough. They're, they're saying they want to tank now. And Vancouver, there's a lot of big Canucks fans up here. They were all Everybody was high on them. For them to get shut out like that by the Wild was uh, very surprising.
2: Torch has been fantastic. I mean, we've talked about this, Nick. I mean, he's we've watched them, you know, in a first-round series almost every year since, you know, we can remember. I mean, it's been Pittsburgh and Columbus, and he always has those dudes ready to roll. And, you know, you saw it last year when they came out firing on all cylinders, and then, you know, they're picking up kind of right where they left off last year, and hopefully um, they can keep that thing rolling. It's fun to watch them. It's fun to listen to Torch's post-game pressers because oh, they're one the of my favorites. Um, so if you can keep those guys rolling and keep them fired up. It, I mean, they got a heck of a young team. It's gonna, it's gonna be fun to watch because nobody expected that when they lost Panarin and they lost Bobrovsky. Nobody, nobody expected nope. that. So to see them kind of firing on 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 their cylinders, it's pretty cool to watch.
0: One more huge thing that surprised me relating to this was because Carol or because Columbus swept Tampa last year. Tampa comes out and they play Washington in the round robin series. Tight close game, two two goes into OT. Then it goes into the shootout, the first ever quote unquote playoff shootout we've had because it's the round robin round. And Washington trots out the shooters. Of course, you expect Oshi to go first. He's the shootout god. He's the best there is. Then you get Kuznetsov, pretty good at it, really damn good. But then Nicholas Backstrom, like no Alex Ovechkin in that shootout was mind-blowing to me. I don't know if they were saving him to shoot fourth or fifth, which doesn't really make sense. You, I would think you want your best player either shooting first or third in that three-hole. And Ovi never and they made it off the bench. I was shocked. Uh, it was cool to see Tampa kind of, toughen up a little bit. They weren't letting Washington push them around. That was a big thing with the Columbus series last year and kind of why they got bounced. But I was just shocked to see Noah Vetchkin when it counted most.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, but speaking of Oshi, he still put a sick move in sick. that shootout. I mean, this guy is the shootout king. But getting back to it, Tampa Bay, they look sharp. They came out ready to roll. I mean, you can tell they're ready. To, they got a different mindset this year. Um, they're going against Washington, who likes to bully guys, and they came out ready to roll. So um, it's going to be interesting to kind of see the way those things, seed, those seeds, play out. But um, those guys can just go out and play right now. There's no risk of going home. It's just go out yeah, and play nice. and just try and fine tune some things. And um, it looked like that's kind of what they were doing.
0: All right, Aq, what about what stood out to you, or what was most surprising to you through these first couple games?
2: I just think the sloppiness of the play. Right? I think I think you know you're watching. You know, I mean, just I'm just going to throw, obviously, go back to the Pittsburgh game last night. You got seven or eight power plays. That was the worst-looking power play I've ever seen. I mean, it was, I think I tweeted, putrid. That, I think that's an understatement. I mean, it was atrocious. And you're seeing that across the board. I mean, you're, you're just seeing just sloppy play. You're seeing guys mishandling pucks. You're seeing all this stuff. And, and I get they had time off. But, you know, you did have a two-week training camp. You, you should be able to kind of fine tune your skills a little bit and you would expect guys did something during the break. So I just want to see hopefully these guys, you know, get back, getting back to like riding a bike here in the next week or so. And we can kind of get back to some sharp hockey
0: Pittsburgh one for 12 on the power play. We'll get into that in a little bit here. Uh, The ice is a problem. And we knew it would be, but it's taken an absolute beating with at least three games in each place going on each day and only 45 minutes or so in between games to flip it over. Cool that they're flipping the boards, the advertisers on the boards. I like that they're doing hometown, home team advertisers in each end of the rink. It's pretty cool to be watching a Penguins game and you see like PNC Bank and uh, fucking Heinz and everything on the boards and UPMC. And that's a nice touch. I thought that was great, but. Yeah, the ice is sloppy, and you could tell it's affecting guys. The guys are losing edges. Guys are fumbling pucks all over the ice. Uh, Gumpy, what about you? Big surprise through the first couple games?
1: I think for me, without the fans, it's very surprising to me that there's still the huge momentum changes. Yeah. Watching that Dallas-Vegas game yesterday, Dallas comes out of nowhere. It puts up three, and you're thinking this game's over. And then Vegas comes back and does the exact same thing. I just didn't see the... Big momentum changes happening, not in like a home ice advantage. You know what
0: I mean? Right, where you get the crowd into it and it kind of swells and you can feel it building. Good point though, because you're a Stars fan. That's a team that like lives and dies off of like scoring a couple goals and then shutting it down. They're so good defensively. It was wild to see them blow that three-one lead, and and I questioned Robert Laner. Mark Andre Fleury. There was some. There was some controversy. Who was going to start? And it's round robin, round again. We got to remind people they're not going home, so there's no real pressure there. But you want the highest seed possible, obviously. But I thought Stars had a great opportunity there, and they let it slip away. And that last goal from William Carrier was absolutely nasty off the boards between the legs. Uh, there was a goaltender interference review that they had initially waved off. Then they review it, and then they allow it. Uh, you were pretty heated about that, huh?
1: Yeah, the thing is with the Stars is for them to go deep, Bishop has to be hot. Yeah. And he has to get hot now for them to be able to make a run. So that loss yesterday was very concerning as a Stars fan. He let
0: in that softy early, too, that one that just slid right along the ice. But I think he'll bounce back. I have a lot of faith in that Stars team. Uh, Let's get to the Penguins' AQ. I know you've been waiting all day to talk about this. Uh, They they dropped the first game in overtime. Disappointing, but they didn't play – Terrible outside of the power play. And Murray let in a, a questionable goal. Uh, but, you know, here we go. Game two, Sullivan decides to stick with Murray. And I thought he played phenomenal last night. He faced a lot of tough shots, a lot of pressure. And the Penguins are playing a tight game right now. They're not getting the free flow in offense. We all thought they would. Montreal is hanging tough. And Carey Price looks unbelievable. This guy's stopping everything. He's seeing everything. I think he's got 74 saves on 78 shots. Uh, this is the Carey Price we thought or we were afraid to see, and he's here and he has arrived. Uh, What are your thoughts so far in this series?
2: Matt Murray, you know, I'm obviously his biggest critic. I think he's uh, been fucking Swiss cheese for the last two years. I got to give credit where credit is. Dude, my man showed up yesterday. I mean, he made timely saves, big saves, and like Gumpy mentioned, it's tough to get momentum when there's no crowd, but God, there was momentum to be had when he made that save in the third period. I think the players fed off it. Um, You know, he he does let the goal in late, which, you know, I mean.
0: That was weird. His skate hit off the It was a weird goal.
2: Exactly. It was one of those things. But I will say this. The Pittsburgh Penguins have come out buzzing. I mean, they are skating. And they are controlling the zone. They look incredible as a team in five-on-five play their special teams just looks like dogs. And I think they've actually been solid for the most part in penalty kill too, just their power play. they got to get that thing rolling. Um, As we'd expect, the the Crosby lines, they're rolling. Sidney comes out when, you know, first game when they need a goal, he gives it to you. Second game he needs a goal, he gives it to you. So, you know, you you get what you expect from the captain. And um, for the most part, you know you, you have to like what you're seeing from those lines you just hope that, that power play picks up
0: yeah you mentioned uh canadians over five on the power play and even though the penalties a lot of them have gone in the penguins favor i think it's been a lot of very ticky tacky calls like I, I wish they'd loosen it up and let them play a little bit partly because i want to see more flow of the game and partly on top of that because the penguins power play absolutely stinks right now uh gino malkin no points but he's been he's been kind of everywhere he's been all over the ice he, i'm not gonna say he's played exceptional but he hasn't played bad. Like he had eight shots in the first game but none of them really seem to be super threatening. You know, he's, he's around the net. He, he's carrying the puck through the ice. and He looks like Malkin. It's just something's, something's missing. And then uh, interesting that they pulled him off on the one power play opportunity. I thought if anyone, I think it was the five on three, and they went with uh, Schultz on the tang, I thought Gino should be out there. But, uh, you know, if they, can, if they can get another win tomorrow night, then Friday, August 7th, 8-7, Sidney Crosby's birthday, Look out. If there's odds on FanDuel, on him to score a goal, he's got two already in the series in two games. Put it on him for Friday. That guy is as superstitious as they get. He loves that number. It's not just his number. He makes $8.7 million a year for a reason. He's everything about that number. Look out for Friday night. Let's talk about Calgary and Winnipeg. Mark Shifley and the Matt Kachuk situation. Uh, I don't think it was on purpose. He ran into him. He got his skate up a little bit, and it's terrible. It's unfortunate that Chifley gets cut on the back of the leg and hasn't been able to play since. But I don't think it was on purpose. Did you guys get to look at it?
1: Yeah, I, I'm with you, Nick. I mean, it's just unfortunate. I don't think there was any malice there. I don't think he would do something like that. But, I mean, on the other side of things, you lose a player like that, you're going to be upset and think Always. it was. Exactly. I don't, think, I don't think anybody's wrong in feeling the way they feel here. You
0: know what reminds I mean, me of I'm you? It reminds me of uh, Matt Cook. And Eric Carlson a couple of years ago in that Pittsburgh Ottawa series, it was, it was a similar situation.
2: Yeah, from what I saw, I mean, I, I think I read something. I could be wrong. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong. But I read that they trained together in the offseason. So there's definitely no, you know, ill will. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's none of that. And, you know, I think it was just an accident. It was part of the hockey flow. And, like you said, I mean, we could we could blame it on the ice. We could blame it on a million different things. Just sloppy. Maybe he doesn't have a skating back to kind of where he wants it to be. Skate comes off, boom, it gets cut. But the good news is, I think from what we've all read, is that it's not an Achilles. It, like, it kind of looked like it was going to be. Could be, yeah. Um, and it looks like, you know, hopefully if they can kind of advance and do some things that, you know, he's got a chance to come back, hopefully, we'll see this year.
0: Yeah, and, and I thought they were done without him in line A, but then they come out and pull out a win, so who the hell knows. But missing those two guys for any long period of time, you can only – kind of rally around that adrenaline for so long without those two guys. They're too important to miss long-term to make a real run. Uh, While we're in Edmonton up, though, something else I saw was interesting last night, the 50-50. Did you guys see this? The 50-50 in Edmonton. The fans were buying in online up to $2.8 million. Someone went home last night with $1.6 million in a 50-50 raffle. It's
1: amazing. They do these for Canucks games, too, all Canucks games. You can get in on it online, and they're every night they're up to like at least seventy five hundred thousand. Then you do just do buy tickets online.
0: Do we do this in the states? If not, why aren't we? Because I don't. I don't know that this exists for like penguins games or anything. I know I've done it in the arena every time I go, but there was a, there was a question floating around on Twitter last night. Like, what would you do if you won the Edmonton fifty fifty? I'd say I'd get the hell out of Edmonton as quick as possible. Place is a dump. Sorry, we, yeah, we talked about mcdavid earlier a little bit uh how about the blackhawks though in game one basically just running roughshod over edmonton we knew it was gonna be high scoring they came out and put on a show kubalik was fucking five points and then patty kane last night mcdavid it was the mcdavid show last night but patty kane was not sitting idly by and letting that happen he, he scored a beauty and then set up another one and, and the brinkets all over the puck and i, I thought the blackhawks were just going to roll over and be dead but they're they are very much in this series
2: It's interesting. You know, we talked about it. You know, we thought for sure Edmonton was going to roll through this and Pittsburgh was going to roll through this. These are the two 5-12 games, right? Yep. And both of them are dogfights. I mean, and, you know, it's going to be interesting to see the way this thing kind of rolls and kind of plays out. But um, you're getting high-powered scoring and offense from your top guys on both sides, right? And it was real shitty goaltending in the the, the first game. (laughs) So we'll find out where this thing goes. I don't think either of them are really putting in a heck of games defensively. Edmonton's not really known for their defense, they period. So yeah. um, you're going to kind of just have to see you know, who can score the most goals in this series. And, it's gonna, and, and like you said, we all thought Chicago would lay out, lay down in this thing, and they're not at all. I mean, they are in for a dogfight.
0: I was surprised Koskinen didn't get the start right away in game one. They went with Mike Smith, and uh, that backfired. So then turned to Koskinen in game two. And still a high-scoring game, but they get the W. Last thing here. The Arizona Coyotes kind of surprised everybody, including us. You should have seen this coming, AQ. I'm kind of pissed that you didn't and talked me out of it because I bet on Nashville. But the Coyotes came out and played a solid damn game and put Nashville on their heels and and just looked like a a completely different team. Kessel was flying around. Taylor Hall was flying around. Interesting note after the game, though, John Hines, the coach for the Nashville Predators who used to coach in New Jersey and was Taylor Hall's coach while he was in New Jersey, said – he had comments on, on Taylor after the game. He said, you understand him as an elite player, but there were also parts of his game and parts of his preparation and how he practiced that were holding him back. Uh, to me, that's just quite a bit of gamesmanship to bring that up and not just just compliment the guy. You know, you're, you're, you're a former coach of his. He's on a different team. There's no real, like, rivalry between Nashville and Arizona. So to me, it was shocking. It wasn't just like, oh, yeah, you know. Taylor looks great, looks like he's he's found a home and he's matured a little bit, blah, blah, blah. But it, 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 he worded it very poorly, I thought, if he wasn't trying to be an asshole. Seemed to me like some gamesmanship and seemed like he was trying to be an asshole a little bit.
2: Oh, he was trying to be an asshole. There's no question about that. You don't say that comment. Talk it talking about a former player and like throwing a little jab or dig in there yeah. without being an asshole there but you're, you're coming at me about not seeing that coming who would have fucking guessed that the first goal would come from oliver ekman larsman ricochet <laughs> off fucking somebody and then bam go in like i think are it are hit through shane in the here? chest Where is this coming from
0: that was wild yeah you Soros. we're saying peck is done don't play him. put you in it's his time and then <laughs> He gets one banged off through Shane's chest, flops over his shoulder right into the back of the net. It was wild.
2: Yeah, it was unbelievable. But, I mean, Arizona, Arizona. I mean, they got power. We've talked about it. They got talent. And they went, They made a point to go out and get some talent with Kessel and Taylor Hall. And, you know, they didn't really get it that much from either of them, although Kessel did have a beautiful snipe shot on the on the wing in his usual power play shot. Just didn't score. It almost went in, though. Um, but they, they they're getting – Points from guys you wouldn't really expect at first, and they look solid. They, they ring off what three or four in the first period, I think it was, and mm-hmm. and they they roll off and hold it on, hold off uh, Nashville. Besides, uh, uh what the fuck's his name? Victor? or Was it Arvidsson? Or was it the yeah, other guy, Forsberg? That, you know, or comes Phil in with two, two quick ones late, and you know, makes it a game.
0: Forsberg with that stash, man. He looks like a butte. And as we're wrapping up here, uh, just to keep you guys updated, the Islanders and Panthers are finishing up right now. The Islanders are going to take a 2-0 lead going up 4-2 on the Florida Panthers. I don't think anyone's really surprised there. I think we were I think we were pretty well rest assured that the Islanders were going to take care of business against Florida.
1: Yeah, there was, there was just a hope that Bobarovsky could get hot. I mean... That was about it for Florida, you know what I mean?
0: And that's a lot to ask for in the playoffs. I, I will say though, I took the under in this game. I think we all thought it was going to go under. The first one was low scoring. Thought this one would be too because the under's have been hot lately. Gumpy, you know this. You've been all over it too. And uh we're starting to see some scoring again. The only the only It's all
1: it's all dogs, man. I know. Like the, the first day, I I was just like, I'll oh, take it easy. Take take Nashville, you know, take take Edmonton and it's just it's all gone sideways real quick here
0: it is it's tough and I think you gotta, I think you got to look at uh, some player props too because I got hot I got lucky I should say not how I got lucky and hit that Jake Gensel for a goal he gets that empty netter last night I think there's some pretty good odds in there if you go look I had a couple other guys like Patty Marlow who had a post I had like five bucks on him and he's like plus 450 to score a goal so go on fanduel and check out those player props because you can make some real money in there if you feel good about a guy getting a goal uh and like we said maybe that's an option for crosby on friday on eight seven uh all right everybody thanks for rocking with us we're gonna wrap it up here uh we got some more games to get to today uh the rest of the afternoon we got the coyotes and predators game two puck just dropped then we got blue jackets and maple Leafs, flames and jets and uh, hurricanes and rangers the rangers might be done they might be on their way home so get your bets in follow along with us on twitter we're posting a bunch of highlights at that's hockey talk uh follow us on youtube at youtube.com forward slash the pat McAfee show and uh tweet at us three at uh bubba gumpino and at aq shipley and at nick Meralda, and we'll chat with you during the games if we're watching so appreciate all y'all uh thanks for rocking with us cheers
1: cheers